And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Myth Bits. You made an excellent choice. Welcome to the World of Myth Bits. We are your hosts, Jenna and Joe Sparks, and this is episode 95. 95! The World of Myth Bitch. So again, welcome to the World of Myth Bits. Like I said, it's episode 95. And, uh, I don't know, guys. I want to call this episode the the baggage episode. <laughs> I think that feels a little, a little fitting. Uh, but I think before we, we get into to anything conversational or start talking about, about anything, I uh, kind of want to get a few things out of the way. So first and foremost, uh, there's seven days until the deadline for the final five. Uh, the open contract challenge. So go ahead and get those submissions in, please, as soon as possible. Seven days. Uh, second bit of business. Uh, we are aware that the magazine is being released today. The full review will be next week's episode. And I, I'm personally really jazzed about our first review episode. Um, and hopefully you guys are too. Third bit of business. Uh, and this one's pretty, pretty cool. Um, the World of Myth is actually offering a one-time ad for the authors who want to advertise their their books um, in the magazine. And it's only five, five dollars, which is nothing for an advertisement. So go ahead and, you know, just reach out because uh, that's nothing. That's really nothing. <laughs> Trust me, I have I have paid for advertisements, and that is nothing. Uh, also, last little bit, uh, we're still looking for contributors for the Zombie Works Full Moon and Howlin' Anthology. Uh, go to www.zombieworks.us slash submissions for more info. And, um, and I think that's it. I think that's it for housekeeping. So, like I said, I kind of wanted to call this episode the baggage episode. Uh, it's kind of been rolling around my brain. I've talked to Joe about it a little bit throughout the course of the week. Uh, we we're kind of talking about uh, what we wanted to discuss in this week's episode. And um, I think the, the best word I can use is uh, creative lethargy. Um, and uh, I, I actually I put out like a poll on my, my personal Instagram and, and on Facebook and whatnot. And uh, thank you to everybody who who helped. Um, there was only one person who replied no. And, and the, the question I posed was, after creating a piece, um, do you feel a sense of lethargy, depression, anxiety, uh, mood swings, any kind of like generalized emotional... Uh, I don't want to say withdrawal, but uh, emotional kind of turmoil when you're when you're when you outright finish something, in particular creatively. And uh, everybody who answered answered yes, except for one person. 
And um, I think that's really interesting, um, you know, because, uh, I don't know, I think creative minds and I, I, I tried to actually look up resources to to try to back this conversation up with actual, like, psychological analysis from professionals and, and cited resources. But there's really not much out there. There's a lot of studies about the correspondence of mental health with creative people um and obviously they all all resort to Vincent van Gogh all of them um, which is like apparently he's like peak level of being what constitutes as being an artist but that's neither here nor there um no the the conversation I kind of wanted to have today was a uh, just that feeling of like a of loss after finishing something. And, and this, I think this, this kind of goes across the board to all types of artists, writers, poets, um, traditional artists, digital artists. I mean, anybody, musicians, anybody who, who uses their creativity as an outlet, you know, the minute, uh, a piece that has kind of been taking over their mind space, you know, living there for, However long it takes you, it could be a couple hours. Um, and it's exhausting. <laughs> I think when you kind of come down from that, I think you can kind of compare it to, to a high, maybe. Because then you, you, you have that like come down where, yeah, you're proud of yourself, you finished it. And I, I know for me, whenever that happens, it's always kind of a, what now? <laughs> what's what's going to happen now? Obviously, you know, if, if it's a piece of art or a publication, you know, you send it in, you uh, post it to social media. If, it, if that's what you do, you put it on your website, whatever the case. And uh, that's that, you know, and I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what our relationship with that, like finishing that completion and the the expectations exactly is um and I don't even know if that really has anything to do with that feeling of lethargy you know um I just know it's like I I was working on consecutive pieces and it took a few months I would say like a month and a half two months and that was just just occupying my my mind for so long and every day it was a purpose it was okay I know what I'm gonna work on I know what I'm gonna do um and then you finish (laughs) oh okay and to put it like as bluntly and I do not mean this as any kind of trigger or anything but it's like what do I have to live for now (laughs) that sounds really concerning but it's not I promise because there's always something but (laughs) It's, it just kind of leaves you, I don't know, up in the air. And that's why I posed the question because I, I wanted to know how many of my peers shared that experience and how I think important it is that we talk about it. Because if you already are dealing with mental health, mental illness, any kind of mental ailment, you know, I think it's almost expected if you're creative, it's almost expected. And A, I think that's unfair. And B, I don't think it's true. Um, 
obviously creativeness is a very emotional thing and um like I said I think when you are so invested in something for so long and just when it's when it's done like 100% done and it's like it's just confusing it's confusing for your mind to figure out where to move on from there and that's kind of where I'm at right now like I'm working on stuff but it's that investment that investment that I crave and I can go into a whole psychological analysis on myself you know what I what I know to be true of of my personhood but we're not here for the the psychological life story of Jenna Sparks. <laughs> but, uh, what what do you think? What do you? Well, I think that there are so many uh, sources and everything within the concept that it can't be tightened into a little package. You know, um, one of our most important organs is the brain, and ever since the brain c- could conceive consciousness. It's always questioned its own existence. So, the same organ that is responsible for its own rendition of reality and its own consciousness has very different variations from person to person because, as everybody knows, that the brain is unique to everybody, right? So, depending on how your birth and development had taken part, and environmental factors, even during pregnancy, environmental factors will um, affect brain development and, and everything else, such as if you're a premature birth or not. So the beauty about that is the science behind the brain is that they're unsure. I mean, they can they have these diagrams and you know, uh, charts and books and theories about where the brain's actions take part, where emotions lie, music, you know, with the reptilian part of the brain. But they would be the first to say they do they do not know, right? Well, yeah, how many, I mean, influential people have had their brain spliced open and studied and, you know... Uh, I mean, still to this day, you know. And, and and something I find just fascinating is the correlation between DNA, RNA, and a brain function. I was just reading an article probably a few days ago about how different the RNA affects the chemical reaction within the well, quote-unquote normal brain versus the autistic brain, right? So actually what's happening, I think it was like 45% less um, transition of the chemicals through certain parts of the brain. So actually, that's why these social interactions with emotions and what's acceptable behavior and what's not acceptable behavior is actually being dictated by the DNA's chemicals, right? So that, that even that, that mere study would bring into question about the chemical imbalance between depression and the brain. You know, if, it, if it's all chemical imbalances and you have a special case, well, many special cases, where these chemicals are not traveling that far or if they're traveling in different spectrum, you know, because they, they align and then they disalign and stuff like that. You know, 
Who's to say that that doesn't become in direct contact with how new ideas can be perceived? Because if you have people who who are socially awkward, in, in other people's terms, socially awkward, and they do not fly by the same level of... Uh, Social standards. Yeah, social standards. Because the big theory is, on that, is how does the fiscal system work then? Because the fiscal system works based upon socially accepted behavior. You are generally paid more if you produce more. If you can produce more, in in general, you can produce more and faster than the guy next to you, then obviously they get paid. Well, that's customer service. (laughs) Right. And 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 usually it's piece rate versus um, hourly rate and what you can produce, and then that's where the argument over competition would come in at because it's to ask anybody with a degree about the competition, you know, how competitive it is. Oh yeah. Um. So that would come back to people's own emotions to where they would fit in, right? Because this all has relevance on the functioning of the brain. Okay? So, without proper functioning, you can even question whether a person is themselves or not. Such as, sometimes unfortunate things happen, and people, when they succumb to brain damage, are not themselves. And then also on the other the other side too is special things can happen, like uh, there's a lady who could actually see music, and I think there's a condition. I'm not 100 percent sure, but that pulls in to the pressure of society saying that you are not special. Okay, you are not a special snowflake. <laughs> <laughs> And, and and I think Ch- uh, Chuck Palahniuk uh, put that best because you know, we all well I'm sure we all know what Fight Club was about by mm-hmm. this point right and I think that's what he was really trying to drive home is that if society is trying to regulate your thought process okay if you do not step in line in this system where's your place at yeah they wanna they wanna like deem you and your your worthiness pretty much right and then that's where the whole pay scale thing plays into (laughs) but the whole purpose of that was that as we all know everybody has their own unique thoughts and the brain is unique to every single individual so that whole are you special um argument i believe is set into place to kind of control the system that you know needs to survive for its own purpose very much like the brain the brain knows it needs to survive so it has these biological um um, uh, defenses yeah Yeah, defenses defenses put into place you know um that's where the whole fire flight uh, 
activity runs through your brain is when you know that there's present danger. Problem with that is that the anxiety and depression that we experience now is a uh, uh, a uh, what would you call it? the dregs of this ancient part of which is encoded in our DNA, the ancient part of the hunter-gatherer system, right? If you see a giant lion, right, and your brain immediately goes in fight-or-flight mode, okay? It's the same thing with, which I feel this is where stress comes from, because <clears throat> your brain will stress about such little things, even though it's not a life-or-death situation, okay? Even though your brain will take it as that manner, okay? This is where we need to kind of really reflect. And this is where this whole spiel of mine is coming from about the brain. is because you can train your own thought process with the um, proper breathing techniques and big fan of meditation, you know, um, you have to get your thought process that's going to benefit you. You don't have to do it one certain way or one certain another way. Whatever's going to fit for you. Preferably, stress-free, that would be the way to be, right? Ideally. So, <laughs> there's many techniques out there um, for this. And I feel that one of the best ones is to do breathing exercises. You know, and and to clear your mind with the fifty to zero technique. By um, actually heard of heard of it recently by the producer Lou Alchima. So whatever your method, I feel that a total exploration of your mind is going to be key to help alleviate a bit of the stress, anxiety, and depression. Because what is our Besides exploring your own thoughts and feelings and emotions and putting it all together, you know, not not with society's um, standards or expectations uh, to, to follow. You know, we all see the world in a different way, you know. Um, and honestly, I mean, even meditation isn't for everybody either although i totally am an advocate for um because if this is true and it is a chemical imbalance then people do need those imbalances corrected with either medication or long-term help or yeah is there, is there long-term help or well yeah i mean depending on you know uh, uh, a diagnosis if, if you know and, and that's an unfortunate part of our system too is sometimes seeking a diagnosis it's, it's not always easy, you know. Um, so anyway, that's kind of beyond the point. But yeah, um, more um, intense caretaking uh, situations where meditation might help but isn't going to to be the, the yeah. be-all, end-all. Going of, to eradicate the... Yeah. Well, that's the whole point, though, is you... Um, you, it's a part of you. It's definitely a part of you. And I mean, maybe that's where your depression of the loss comes at is because your art is a part of you, isn't it? 
Well, yeah. So and I think that's, that's if you're losing a part, yeah. yeah, if you're losing a part of yourself after every time you complete it, I mean, that could also be another theory. Mm-hmm. You know, who's to say? Well, I mean, it, and on that note, I think uh, it could kind of be considered um, like a grieving process. Maybe would be a good a good way to explain it. You know, and in, in that light. Um, you know, it, 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 you're working on something for a couple hours, a couple days, a couple months, and, uh, you're obviously invested in one way or another, whatever, whatever your craft is, whatever your, your art is, your medium, you're, you're so invested in this that it becomes familial to you. You know, it becomes this close relationship. Um, And when it's when it's done. It's like a a death in the family, almost. you know, and and maybe maybe that loss is 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 a mourning period. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's reading way too much into it, but it it almost feels like that sometimes. And I don't know who can agree with that. Um, But. I don't know. I think there might be kind of something, something to that, uh, with the attachment of of each piece. Well, um, I'll give you my answer. Is that? Yeah. What would you say? I would s- poll. I would say no. I would be with the other person who says you no. Do. Because the way that I see it, you know, and this is what I see a lot of things as. It's imagine. You are traveling down this long dirt road and you come to an intersection with a fork of other long, bumpy dirt roads, right? In my brain, it does not shut off. It says, okay, well, I guess I need to choose one. And I choose one. I feel that once a project is completed... I feel that I put my effort into the project, but one of my main processes is um, reflection. And reflection is not only important for downtime on your mental state because you need to have the balance of the downtime. Yeah, and I I think... uh you know, on, on that note, there's, there's a lot about mental and emotional labor. And, um, I think that's, that's kind of, um, almost a deterrent for a lot of people, um, who, who maybe, I mean, okay, to put it into context, what I'm trying to say. So growing up, um, I experienced a trauma. Um, we're not going to get into that, you know, (laughs) but, um, and my, my defense, what, what I did and what kind of helped me, but also hindered me was, um, escapism. You know, that's why I, I talk so much about like pop culture and movie and film and music and books and all of that, because that was the safest place for me. Um, away from reality, away from having to kind of deal with 
those traumas and just reality in general. And um, I, I still do that. You know, I, I'm still very much ingrained in escapism. And I think everybody should. I think it's, it's, it's very freeing. It's just kind of understanding that healthy balance for you. Anyway. Um, oh, don't you find it's interesting, too, that even though it's escapism, it seems as though all of these stories that are being told all have relevant to realistic situations. Well, I mean, if you think about it, you know, what is what is art and what is writing? It's it's this sense of control. We don't have control over over every aspect of the world. We don't have control over over everything that's happening outside of our immediate, you know, uh, place on this planet. And even then we don't have that much control. You know, we have more control than we think, but it's not a ton. So suddenly when you are writing, when you are exploring these subjects, when you're, when you're drawing, whenever, whatever, um, you have that control. And I think that's where that escapism becomes a little bit more clarifying. You know, the old adage, you cannot control the situation, you can only control your response to said situation. And that is where art is therapeutic. Well, yeah, and, um, you know, to, to kind of, I guess, bring it all around, I guess, that's, that's the reflective aspect of it, is uh, how you would handle the situation. Even if it's, like, just a, a, a wild situation that is is totally implausible which you know is is the whole point of most writings out there uh however fantastical it is it's it's still some semblance of cause and effect and i mean and a, a constant movement because uh, even though there are some stories out there that do not have the ideal ending uh, and uh, depending on where we're at, you know, psychologically, the minute we put some, you know, pen to paper, um, I think for the most part, uh, every, every story that's ever told, like I said, it's that kind of, kind of controlled movement and you could you could call it a god complex like i i fully take responsibility for that once in a while you know if i ever write and uh i think we want the the that ideal outcome and it doesn't always end in a uh, positive light and sometimes it's hurtful sometimes it's upsetting and sometimes it's just it's this truth we have to acknowledge and again that's that's that reflection everything we're putting into these efforts that's the reflection is while we're doing it while we're kind of uh in this creation mode and editing mode and you know proofing mode and all of that you know I know like when when I'm drawing that you know uh there are times where I'm able to just kind of drift away listen to podcasts listen to music other times there's like this energy and that's when I know I have to stop. That's when I have to step back because 
I don't want to put any, I don't want to put the wrong kind of energy into the actions I'm doing. And I think that kind of goes back to in what you're, what you're talking about, like that meditation, I think in a way that's its own kind of meditation where you're trying to have this semblance or idea of control over your own actions. And, um, I don't know if it's important. I don't know if it's healthy. I don't know if it's good, but I think it's, um, it's definitely daunting, um, because not everybody wants to look inward and wants to think about things. And there's that whole joke that always rolls around, you know, pe- you know, circle circle of people with anxiety where it's like, oh, it's 3 a.m. I guess I'm, I'm not going to bed or because I'm going to think about this thing that happened when I was in third grade. Um, there's like that cycle, I think. And, um, yeah, I think, I think it can get a little alarming sometimes if you overly reflect. (laughs) Well, I mean, I, I, I would, I, I can, I can agree with that, except I would say that that is 90% of my thought process is reflecting through all these ideas. And if you need to put it into like a visualization, think of someone who has to pry that cover off the sarcophagus because I have to know what's in there. Even (laughs) though you're told, do not, do not (laughs) pry that sarcophagus Right? The scarabs will eat your ass. I'm like, will they though? I mean, do they know? Have they done it? I mean, they're still here. So, um, that that's, I'm guessing that's why they brought up that little other old analogy where the curiosity killed the cat, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I think, I think also though, like, knowledge is power for sure. Oh, yeah. And I think the the deeper you're willing to go, but like uh, I, I brought up that the context of um, emotional labor, and for a lot of people, it's not always easy. It's 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 a really difficult task to take on, especially by yourself. Um, and it, it's 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 exhausting. It's very very tiring. And whether you're doing that during your work or after or uh, in between or at night after after you put your piece to bed, whatever whatever the case, it's it's taxing. And at some point, you know, it's it's gonna catch up. And I think that's where you know, like I was uh, at the at the beginning, you know, when I was kind of explaining what what stemmed, what kind of created this idea to talk about this this week. Um, I didn't. I didn't give myself a break. It just was like this constant, I was always constantly moving. I had something to move forward with every day, something to work on every day. And then the minute, like, it it stopped, the minute I took that breather, it was, you know, for for lack of a better phrase, it was just like you kind of crumpled to the floor and you're like, oh, my God. That was a lot, even though it wasn't. It's just you, you, you don't give yourself that much of a mental break. And that's why I 
wholeheartedly feel that because not as I brought up a second ago, knowledge is power. Knowledge about yourself is going to be the most powerful thing for you to be able to combat those feelings because you know you had to produce. You're on. You're on. You're on. You know, but I definitely have done some reflection and had to move away from that because I myself am a big uh, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that it was a problem but you know overproducing is is, is definitely a, <laughs> well I guess it's a problem you know because you need to have rest the body needs rest and this is where reflection comes in that I was talking about the reflection because now one of my techniques is the reflective part and that is very important now to produce something from my own quality pieces you know that's just a personal thing that's why you got to reflect upon yourself and really deep dive in there and unfortunately that means removing the sarcophagus cover okay <laughs> well yeah and i i think um you know on that it's kind of funny. I can't remember exactly what it was you just said, but it kind of made me think about the the association, you know, uh, regarding escapism and also a, a reflective tool. You know, at what point have we, you know, you you said we train our brains and we're constantly training our brains. So I think when you're kind of a, a creative person you don't know what creativity is training your brain as. Is it a tool for escapism? Is it a tool for you to, to get away from the real world? Or is it a tool for you to sit back and reflect? Is it a tool for you to uh, increase your anxiety, to possibly trigger a depressive episode? Or, you know, it's... And how do you come about creating that balance? And on that note... I'm going to get really dark here for just a minute because I really don't want this to get too intense. But I think at its core, it, it's, this it's this fear of our mortality and acknowledgement of our mortality. And I know that sounds like it's coming out of nowhere, but... Um, if we're... Depending on what we're associating our creativity with, we could be associating it with the need to produce. Why do we feel the need to produce? Because somewhere along the line, we have started correlating and equaling our amount of production to our worthiness. And maybe that's not the case for everything. But, you know, it goes back to our fiscal reliance and... Um, trying to to create that balance of um, being a creative mind while also being a business and um, also, you know, just this desire to do what you want to do. It's, it's so much condensed into to just one action that it, it becomes so overwhelming and ultimately it kind of becomes this this fear that we're not producing enough, that we're not making enough, that we're not uh, 
reaching our peak and eventually that time is, is going to run out and it's this panic, this this uh, almost horror of, oh my God, you know, I, I, I have to do this. I, I, I have to achieve this before time runs out, even though, you know, uh, depending on how you look at time and everything is, is totally different to everybody else. Uh, but the point I'm getting at is, is how much of our product productivity, worthiness, and uh, acknowledgement of our mortality, how much of that relates to itself, and how much subconscious fear is based in that, and that stress, that anxiety, that... Um, that need, you know, that kind of feral need to, to produce and to feel guilty if you're not producing, to feel that loss if you're not producing, you know, if you, if you have that lapse where you're like, I just, I don't, I can't, I can't get back into it. I'm tired. I'm I can't, you know, and, and I think that's kind of where we need to, to have those discussions about how to be kinder to yourself, how to be more patient with yourself, how to how to be aware that not every action and every um, task we undertake is the equivalence of our legacy, our, our, what we're, what we're going to leave behind, what, uh, what's going to make our lives matter, I guess, what's going to make, um, the time we're here feel more important. Um, and there, there are days where, again, I'm going to get, continue with this deepness for just a minute. Um, I think when you're creative, I think it's very easy to kind of succumb to, to nihilism. I think, um, unless you're you're already a nihilist, that's fine. But nihilism is is so easy a habit to just kind of kind of fold yourself into, and it's almost like this like romantic lull of of an invitation to just you know uh, put it out there. You know why why does what I do matter? What 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 does any of this matter? And um, obviously, if you're if you're um, prone to negative thoughts or um, any kind of uh, invasive thoughts, that can be very dangerous. That can be very very dangerous. And I know I try to be an optimist. I. I try. Like, it doesn't always work, but I try. And like I said, that that invitation to that questioning the purpose and the point of what we're doing, it's it's there. It's always there and it hurts, but that's, you know, where the 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 kind of bully of a of an optimist kind of jumps in and is like, dude, no, we're doing this because it's what you love. It's because when you think back to when you created these earlier pieces, you have good memories for the most part. 
you have um you have emotional ties to these things and it doesn't mean it doesn't make it any less valuable if it matters to anybody else because it mattered to you whatever whatever you put into it whatever if it was was anger frustration sadness loss uh, uh, uh mourning um whatever emotion you put into it that's what mattered and I think I think that's just to simplify. I think that's the the easiest way to try to live with this anticipation for that loss is to acknowledge that yeah, yeah, it 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 hurts. I don't know what I'm going to do now. I'm I'm kind of lost. Um and I I want to go back to that feeling. I want to have that uh, high, so to speak, of, of when I was creating again and realize, well, you will get that again. That will happen again. Um, and I guess to try to try to bring it all full circle, because I know we kind of have jumped all around um, in this this episode. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's just it's you kind of get the wandering minds. Um, I think it just, it's, it's an important discussion. I think all of this is, is a very, very important discussion. Um, because even if you were in the no portion of that poll, if you, if you are somebody who, who does not feel that sense of loss or that sense of confusion, almost that, that, you know, shock to your brain of, of finishing something, um, it, it, you might, you might be able to take advantage of some, some of the tools that we've discussed, you know, about acknowledging worthiness and production and, and capabilities and, and mortality even, and, um, all of these kind of heavier hitting subjects that are really not for polite, polite conversation, you know, <laughs> and, um, I think that's that's kind of why I really wanted to do this episode, you know, um, maybe just selfishly to to need to get this off my chest and to talk about it and get it out there. Um, because, again, you know, mental health advocacy, it's it's very important to me. It's it's something um, that I think. You know, we don't all have access to, to like a, a therapist. We don't all have access to um, insurance. Even we don't all have access to uh, these these resources. And I think the next best thing is to talk about it a little bit more candidly. And I think kind of COVID and quarantine. In, in that respect, kind of, I think, helped people able to acknowledge that these are conversations we need to have. Uh, because, unfortunately, that was a very trying test of our psyche to be put into lockdown and have to deal with that. Because everybody's different. I thrived. I, th- I thrived during quarantine. I, I produced and I just produced and I produced and I produced. And that kind of goes back to the mortality thing. Why did I produce so much? 
because I knew quarantine was going to end and I was going to have to go back to work. So I was afraid that I wasn't going to be able to produce as much when I went back to work. Right? Um, so I think... I think that's why this was so important to me. And I hope... I hope it's benefited you in some way. Um, added a little glimmer of hope. <laughs> and um, I don't know. Do you have anything to add? Did I, did I just take over the whole thing and, and go in my little death mortality well, absolutely. fear? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was totally, you know, beautifully said. Um, and that's the beauty of podcast as a whole is you can transcend these ideas, you know, without regulations or, um, you know, certain ideas cannot be crushed, you know. Um, <clears throat> one other thing, though, I actually wanted to add was if you are curious about the basics of science um, from physics to astronomy, um, there's a book called The Canon by Natalie Angier. And... And it delves into pretty much the basics, but it's it's written in interview form where um, she interviews scientists themselves. That's handy. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, honestly, you know, obviously Joe and I are are people who take our mental our mental health very seriously. And it's kind of funny because when we first met we were we were you know, early, early, early 20s, in our infancy of our 20s, and we were still uh, very immature. And so a lot of everything that's happened over the course of the past decade, you know, we've, we've grown together. And one of the most important things is speaking from experience as well. You know, um, I mean, from what we're talking about, the art form of the cinema. I am a child of the cinema. You know, make no make no mistake. Uh, and all of these exercises that I put out there, I actually practice. And from what Jenna just said, we have grown from our immaturity. And there is still very much growth still. Yeah, it's there's never... I, I truly <laughs> believe that there is never going to be like a uh, a uh, 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 a set in stone goal finish line of where you are mentally. I feel like as we are evolving societally, we are evolving as people, and and there's always room to kind of learn and grow and figure it out and and seek help and ask for help and and all of that. Because the real goal is you only have to be better than you were yesterday. Oh, yeah. And I think, too, you know, to touch on something, uh, you know, uh, uh, I'm very opposed to the idea of competition. I think uh, competition is actually not the healthiest mindset when it's this, like, self-imposed kind of idea. But Joe and I actually talked about it, and, and he said it best, is, is the only... The only person you should ever be in competition with is yourself. And um, I think that's that's a fair summary. Um, 
So to wrap things up, because I know we kind of went on a on a roller coaster this week, and uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Again, it was just kind of something I really needed to breach. Um, but uh, to to kind of wrap things up and, and on a much lighter note, we will be back next week with the review for today's released uh, World of Myth magazine. Um, I'm I, I said it before. I'm I'm super excited about this one. Uh, you guys won't have to listen to us prattle on about uh, our mental health and emotions. Um, so hopefully, hopefully, at least only for one more week, right? Yeah, and then we'll get back to it. So until then, I want to remind you guys, you can always visit us at www.theworldofmyth.com. We're on Facebook and Twitter under the World of Myth Bits podcast and the World of Myth magazine. And we actually started an Instagram. So that way, uh, I figure if we have any sources, anything we want to share with you, if you are curious about what it is we're talking about, uh, try to source a lot of the information that we put out there so that way like I said you guys have access to it and we're at just at the world of myth bits um and you'll see our beautiful faces pop up um and remember if you guys are missing Stephanie she's over at Lupa's bits um so you can kind of use her as a, as a palate cleanser <laughs> if you miss her voice <laughs> um and yeah um I guess we'll see you next week thank you for listening bye the world of myth bits when jamie smiles it takes me miles come on does he god damn it <laughs>